Good morning, Covenant College. We're going to do something a little bit different in chapel this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's start with a reminder. Uh, we serve a living God, a God who is alive, and Jesus is actually seated on the throne at the right hand of God the Father. His Holy Spirit indwells us as his children. So when we gather together like this, we are his people, and God is literally in our midst. And sometimes I think we, we can kind of forget that. I know we come to chapel, we, we live our lives, but we forget sometimes that the living God actually lives inside of us. So when we gather together as his people, um, as his church, as his body, um, he's present. And when we talk about reality and we look at this building, we think of this room, the fact that the living God is in our very midst is far more real than this podium, than my voice that you hear, that the Spirit of God himself indwells us and he's here with us. So when we sing, we sing to him, uh, but we sing in his midst. Uh, when we pray, he hears us, but he's here praying through us. Uh, that is our lives as children of God. So this morning, we're going to uh, have a time of prayer, uh, a time of worship, a time of singing. Um, it's, a, it's a challenging time in our country. There's hope, but there's also fear and confusion and sadness and anger. And we, as the body of Christ, get to come together and express those things that we're feeling, the things that we hope for, uh, to bear one another's burdens and to share in those things. So, um, will you stand? And let us begin by remembering and by confessing who we are as the body of Christ. I ask you, what is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but I am body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Amen. Please be seated. We're going to start with an announcement and a prayer by none other than our Jack Royalston. Good morning. Uh, I'm Jack. I work, uh, I work over in the admissions office here at Covenant. Um, and my, uh, I was asked this morning, my job is to try my best to convince you to go to London, England on the Break on Impact spring break trip. So uh, I, went to, I went to London three years ago uh, with the former RUF campus minister, Ron Brown, and our very own Dr. Henry Krabendam for a week. Uh, and so I want to give 10 reasons why you should go and then also kind of blend in some of my own 
uh, stories and experiences from that trip. So uh, before, I can, before I go on, though, the gist of the spring break uh, London break on impact trip is a week of evangelism among Muslims, Hindus, and Sikhs uh, in South Hall, London. There's kind of like, that's like, that's what the trip's about. So um, uh, the first reason you should go to London is uh, you will get to see how God is working around the world. Um, you will get to partner with a local church there in South Hall uh, who's been there since 1990. And the, wor and the work, uh, the team down there at Surge have just do doing an awesome job and God's really been blessing their work. So that's number one, see how God's working around the world. Number two, you'll get to explore an international city. In 2007, uh, a study in London showed that 300 or more languages are spoken in greater London, which is 606 square miles, which is like the size of like Oklahoma City. Um, remarkable. And over a third of the people who live in London actually were born outside of Europe. So truly an international city uh, for students to explore. Uh, thirdly, experience South Asian culture. Uh, you'll get to stay in a city called South Hall. Um, lots of uh, a large South Asian population, uh, lots of people from other kinds of religions as well you'll get to interact with, eat delicious Asian food as well. Uh, fourthly, you'll get to engage in serious evangelism. Uh, there is street preaching on, uh, on this trip that you, uh, you can choose to be a part of, door-to-door uh, -door evangelism as well, uh, getting a chance to take the doctrine you've been learning in your courses and apply it into a conversation with real people. Fifthly, uh, you'll learn about world religions. Uh, the missionaries there uh, in England meet with you every day uh, to introduce you to the basic tenets of uh, Islam, of Hinduism, of Sikhism, and you will uh, be also given tools of how to engage those religions, how to think through them, how does the gospel interact with those, and, and how can we think about uh, sharing the gospel of grace uh, faithfully to each of them. You'll also get a chance to visit Hindu temples, Sikh gurdwaras, and Muslim mosques, which is also really cool too. Uh, six, uh, I think one of the main reasons we have short-term missions is to mobilize prayer for, for the nations. And so one of the benefits of this trip is to mobilize yourself and to mobilize others into prayer uh, for nations, particularly people of other religions. Uh, seventh, you can invite your friends, family, and churches to partner with you uh, in your endeavor to global missions, support raising, uh, inviting others to engage uh, the gospel of grace as it goes out to the world, um, and to have them partner with you to that end. Eighth, you will fulfill your intercultural experience requirement that is required of all students. So um, if you so choose, uh, this could be a great avenue for that. Uh, ninthly, you will get to hang out with Scott Wells and Leah Jones. Yes, now we're talking. They're both really awesome, and uh, it would be a great experience for you. So uh, lastly, and, uh, and most seriously, um, you'll really be challenged in your faith, and I sincerely mean that. Uh, I met a man while I was um, on the street in a place called Hounslow, sharing the gospel with him. Uh, he was a Muslim man, and he looked me in the eye after I told him what I believed about Christ, and he called me a heretic to my face because I believed that God took flesh on, that he had normal, uh, he had a normal human body and he functioned and was fully human. Uh, and he called me a heretic for that. And I didn't know what to do with it. And it, it shocked me and I didn't know what to say to him. But it's a great chance for us to 
again, like I was mentioning a moment ago, take the things we're learning in our courses and have a conversation with a human being about those kinds of things. And to see the ways uh, that people disagree with us about, uh, about our faith. So um, would sincerely and strongly encourage all of you to consider and pray through the possibility of going to London uh, with Scott and Leah over spring break, a break on impact. Uh, Christiana will be, I think, in the front after chapel with uh, a number of different uh, applications. If any of you guys are interested in looking into that more or having a conversation, she'd be happy to meet with you. So um, that is the end of my public service announcement, but I am going to, uh, to pray for us in this particular time. Um, uh, the whole southeast, for that matter, not just Lookout Mountain, is dealing with uh, dry conditions, and, um, and uh, I would bid us all to, to come before the Lord and to ask his grace and kindness and mercy on us uh, to provide rain. So would you please pray with me? Lord Jesus, uh, we come before you uh, as you have promised uh, to all those who seek your kingdom and your righteousness that you will provide all things uh, necessary to sustain life. We pray now that you will send us in this time of need uh, such moderate rain and showers uh, that the danger of fires uh, is quenched and that we may receive the fruits of this earth uh, to our comfort and uh, for your honor. So please, Lord Jesus, protect those who are fighting fires in our city, in our neighboring states, protect homes, crops, animals, uh, and water our land, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Would y'all please stand for worship? So the first song we're doing today is not one we've actually done before um, in chapel. Um, so I'm going to give you some context for it from scripture. Um, I'll first be reading Psalm 23, verses 5 through 6. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the second reading is from the Song of Solomon, um, chapter 2, uh, verses 14 through 16. O oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He grazes among the lilies. So feel free to join in whenever you feel comfortable with the song. If you know it, please sing out. Um, it's a good reminder of the truth in scripture.
be seated. So a friend of mine from seminary uh, named Duke Kwan, Duke's a pastor of a church, um, and the day after the election, he wrote a really beautiful prayer and posted it on their church's website. Um, and it's a, a, you know, when you're praying uh, on behalf of, of people who are feeling such varied emotions, it's impossible uh, to speak fully uh, for everyone. Um, but our God calls us to cry out before him, to, to pour our hearts before him whether that's hope, joy, confusion, sadness, anger, uh, to lay them before him. So uh, that's what we're going to attempt to do this morning. Uh, I took the prayer that Duke wrote and shifted a few things and uh, tried to apply them to, to our community. Um, but I hope that this is a prayer that we can pray together um, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as um, citizens of the United States of America who have a new president-elect. Um, there is hope and there's confusion and fear and sadness and sorrow and all of those things. Um, so let's pray together, and if these words are not the perfect words from your heart, lift them up from your heart that they might be exactly what you're feeling. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, have mercy on us. This morning we know that division exists in our nation, and in many places division exists in your church. We need you. This election has stirred up a lot of pain and confusion. In many ways, it didn't create the wounds or the divisions, yet it has served to reveal what already existed. The problems, they run deep. So we need deeper help. We need a deeper strength, a deeper salvation, one that you alone can provide by your deep love for us. Heal us, we pray, O Christ. Father, we thank you that you have given us a land in which we have freedom. We thank you for a government where we have voice and vote. Lord, many people in your church, our brothers and sisters, voted in this election for Donald Trump. Many others voted for Hillary Clinton. Many others chose not to vote for either. And their reasons were as complex and as varied as the people who make up your body. Help us, Lord, to be a community that honors and protects the freedom of conscience of every single voter. Help us to converse with respect and civility and Christ-like mind and attitude. Lord, we also acknowledge that while some in our country are hopeful at the results of the election, so too are there those who are hurting you call us, Lord, to love our neighbor as ourselves and to bear one another's burdens. Help us, Lord, to do that well. Help us to see who our neighbors are, all those created in your image. Pray, Father, especially for our first neighbors that Chris Granberry spoke about, our Native American neighbors, our brothers and sisters that are too often forgotten. Bless them, give them voice, empower us to love them. Many Christians of color Many of our immigrant brothers and sisters, including many in Chattanooga, are weary. You've made us family by your blood, and some of our family members are feeling a sense of betrayal. Many of our sisters in Christ feel belittled. Many of our immigrant brothers and sisters are fearful. Holy Spirit, help us to move toward each other. 
to listen to one another. Please spare us from defensiveness and vitriol. Help us to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Give us grace to be agents of repentance and reconciliation according to your timing. May we be one body. May we be your body. And you tell us that in your body, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. So, Father, we pray for rural, working-class, white communities in our country. As we've heard in the news, many of them went to the voting booths feeling forgotten and neglected. These are our neighbors whom you call us also to love. We pray that the church, your church, would be a place where all people will, will feel and will know that they are seen and known, not just by you, but by us, their family. And I pray, Lord, that all of us will be transformed by the gospel of grace. Empower us, Father, to comfort one another, but more importantly, help us to turn to you, our rest, our rock, our redeemer, and our king. Help us to hold tightly to your promises and to look to the scriptures that they might be fresh on our hearts. And we pray again for your church in our country, Lord. Much media coverage has equated the evangelical vote with Donald Trump and has so connected your church, your children, with many of the ungodly things that he has spoken. Have mercy on your church, Lord, not for the sake of our reputation, but for your name's sake. Restore to us the witness of your people. May the world see us aligned, not behind any candidate, by any person, but aligned behind you, our great and glorious King, the creator and the sustainer of the universe and of all things. This morning, Lord, we also pray for President-elect Trump, as you've called us to pray for those in authority. We pray for his transition team and his staff and cabinet appointments. We pray that Mr. Trump would serve with a fear of you, a deep sense of accountability before you for the authority that has been entrusted to him. Please give him your justice and your righteousness. You tell us in Proverbs that the king's heart is a stream of water in the land, stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. We ask that your hand will direct Mr. Trump's heart, that he would serve as an image of you, the true king, serving all people under his care, especially the marginalized and the oppressed. And please, Lord, protect us all from placing undue hope or undue fear in human authorities. For you warn us, do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. Lord Jesus, our God and our King, it is you alone in whom we place our ultimate hope and trust. So now help us, Lord, to be faithful. Help us to direct our energy and passions to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with you, our God, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our places of study and work. Give us grace to serve the common good and seek the flourishing of our communities, whatever roles you might give us. Help us to be good neighbors, bearing the name and the image of Christ in all that we do. Help us to love, to love our neighbors as ourselves, 
to love you with all of our hearts, minds, souls, and strength. And Lord, please be merciful to us as I pray for the unity of our college community. As some express deep emotions, deep concern, in ways both quiet and visible, in ways that may challenge us and our sensibilities, help us, Father, as a community to speak slowly, to listen well, and to engage one another with the love and the humility of Jesus. In a world that is already so divided and fractured, it's that same world that will know that we are your disciples as they see us loving one another. Help us to know how to do that, Lord, and help us to have the courage to love one another, especially when it's hard. With Peter, we affirm, Lord, that there is no other to whom we might turn, for you have the words of eternal life. May your word rest in our hearts and govern our lives. May your spirit make us able to hear and obey and follow. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Lord, be with us as we seek your face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand as we continue to sing and worship.
Would you all just take a minute for silent prayer? Jesus, let us know ourselves and know you, and desire nothing save only you. 
Let us despise self and love you. Let us do everything for the sake of you. Let us humble ourselves and exalt you. Let us think of nothing except you. Let us accept whatever happens as from you. Let us banish self and follow you and ever desire to follow you. Let us fly from ourselves and take refuge in you that we may be defended by you. Let us fear for ourselves. Let us fear you and let us be among those who are chosen by you. Let us be willing to obey for the sake of you. Let us cling to nothing save only to you and let us be poor because of you. Look upon us that we may love you, call us that we may see you, and forever enjoy you. Amen. We pray that prayer with Augustine, and we sing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Go in peace and love one another.